Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Hashtag our jungle. 40. Okay, <laughs> boys. And Ham. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Present. Yes, uh, we'll start uh, with the win, 40 to 12. Eels over the West's Tigers, 23,000 in attendance. Try scorers, Gutho, Lussick, Blake, Moses, Sivo, and Gutho again. And try scorers for the West Tigers, Little and Roberts. Conversions, Moses, six from six and two from two. Penalty goals, Sinbins, Eels, two. Uh, West's Tigers won. So mm. at halftime, it was only 14 six, but then we rallied in the second half. Um, sorry, just trying to get those team stats to load. Because we do love a good Simbin, don't we? Crap. We've had a few of them recently. We have. I'd like to get a, a look across how many Simbins our team has as a percentage of all total Simbins since the crackdown. I think we'd probably beat about 10-15%. Because we, we were so clean and magic round and then since then it's been one or two a game, it feels like. Yes, alright. Well, let's jump to the rest of the stats. Possession, 54%. Uh, to the West Tigers, 46, 83% completion rate. It was sitting in the high 90s in the first half, so it dropped a little in the second half as we pushed a couple of passes. 197 runs, extra 400 metres, an extra 90 post-contact metres, eight line breaks to four, 46 tackle breaks to 20, and 3.85 seconds to 3.5 seconds average playable speed. Losing that means we win the game almost... uh, well. 99% 99% it, of the it time. It is like a 99% of the stat. Time. It's, it's incredible. It doesn't make sense, but it works. Uh, just saying anything else. Kick defusal, 60% to 33%. We forced one line dropout and 90% effective tackle rate. Uh, percentage to 81%. We made 306 to 334 tackles. We missed 20. West missed 46 and we're 28. Ineffective uh, for West's. Made 12 errors to West 14. We conceded four penalties to nine and conceded five ruck infringements to eight. Um, so, yeah, I think that's about it. One Probably one of the only games where, you know, we were really dominant through the ruck and we were re- rewarded with one penalty and two uh, ruck infringements. That, that was what I was actually saying during the game, Hamish, is that it was the first time this year we've had so many games where we've been dominant through the middle, but for the first time we were actually being rewarded or, or reflected in the six agains and penalty calls for our ruck dominance, which was really nice. Okay, Bertie, I'm going to throw it to you. Oh, can I just say, how soft are the West Tigers, man? We have Dane Laurie last week against Panthers going down milk and a penalty. And then we've got like Tim, what of his name, Amone or Ammonia or whatever he is. I don't know. <laughs> the guy has no punch. He's talking shit to Reg. And like, literally, I don't understand. Look, if I was getting flogged, you know, for the past six, seven years of my life, you know, or not like in football, you know, I'll resort to like wins here and there, you know, niggles and shit. But it's, not a, it's a no contest out here, mate. It's legit a no contest. Like, we can be... We were two down. Two players down for 20 minutes. They scored one try. Like, how much handicap do you need to give to the Tigers? Seriously. I, I, Mitchell <laughs> Moses is out there with, you know, with a dodgy calf. He's, he's going to kick it half the time. I just... You know what? I feel sorry for them. You know, I feel sorry for them more than the Bulldogs. At least the Bulldogs have a bunch of busted asses. What have they got? you got BJ Lelua. you got got his brother. you got Roberts. Who can I just say? Some Tigers fans said this will be there will be the centers of the year combo. I, I keep laughing to this day. I just don't understand. And you know what's even funny is when they get triggered by Gufferson just by celebrating. You know this guy does nothing off field. He is a model citizen and player captain. You name it, everything. The, the duality and of the Gufferson hates fascinating, Bertie. Victor Radley and Brandon Smith and Cam Munster upheld as these incredible characters and larrikins of the game. And now Gufferson's hated because he shows a little bit of emotion and character. So, 
Thing, and like, and you know what? I'm gonna keep saying it, hashtag our jungle. I'll keep saying it's on 60, 70, 80. Because you know why? Because your stupid CEO, Justin Pasco Pistachio, whatever the f you call him, <laughs> he came out and said it's not their home ground. Well, can I just say, when you turn up, at least, at least, just show a bit of fight because it's just too easy, mate. Make a lolly from a baby, mate. We just, we just turn up, we just get through our first set. Game's over. Half your fans are already back at Campbelltown. I just, you know, like, just show a bit of fight, mate. Oh, Bertie, that was. Are we gonna get yeah. cancelled? That was quality. <laughs> I tried not. I tried not. To Justin, swear, you know, Justin Pistachio is on the phone desperately to the NRL right now, trying to get the Power Podcast cancelled. And then, and then, then what makes it even funnier? They got Jim. Uh, they got Hooper. You know, on there, he's a fan, mate. If I was you, mate, just start saying you're an A4 fan for now because it's not helping you in your career choice, mate. But yeah. Ooh. All right, I'll throw throw to you, Forty. How do you back? How do you back? I, I don't think you can back that up. That's a you know poor. Like a, a poor reserve grade prop coming onto the bench trying to back up a junior Paulo virtuoso performance. Uh, That's like James Tamo taking the next hit up off, off junior Paulo. Yeah, <laughs> that is a, very much uh, what it is like. Uh, I, I I suppose I want to levy some praise at some players. I, I thought, A, Joey Lossick was incredible. I thought he came in um, as a replacement level player in the roster, but played like a, a starting caliber hooker in a top eight team. Um, obviously that's what he is in in terms of where he was in that game, but um, the service was fantastic, defended really strongly through the middle, uh, scored a nice try, and even though he probably shouldn't have scored it because <laughs> he had no one running off him, and the Tigers just watched him go to the line, um, but he did a great job there, and um, even nabbed the penalty with a little kick through that baited uh, uh, Alex Twal into a, a shot off the ball. So he was really good. Um, I thought Brownie had his best game in a long time, uh, set up two tries for Guffo, the first and last try of the game, uh, with some really nice offloading, got he uh, he won three individual six agains by himself just by gashing him back behind the ruck and and dragging Tigers with him. Uh, I thought it was good to see Mitchell Moses getting downhill in the second half. I know we got a little bit loose in the second half, um, a little bit kick happy, and uh, I think Obachik for a loose offload to Hayes Dunster at one point too. But uh, I thought that uh, when we had uh, uh, who was it that was um, binned? Ofengahi. I think Joe was putting him in. No, was it was uh, Sean Bloor. Sean Bloor. Sean Bloor. Uh, Mitch really put the foot on the throat there and um, unleashed his running game. And I always love it when you see a player with the confidence to take on the fullback like he did with Dan Laurie. And in doing so, he actually put Laurie in two minds when the next time he went down there on the next set, um, that, that he you know, didn't know whether to commit or go for the ball. And it resulted in um, Micah scoring. So that was really, really good. Uh, just trying to think who else uh, stood out. I mean, Wunga Blake. We, 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 ca we cashed in the the bargain bin Wunga Blake and got, you know, boutique Wunga Blake by switching sides. I, I, have you ever seen a transformation in a player by changing sides like we have in Wunga in the last two weeks? I know people say, yeah, but you only played the Knights and you only played the Tigers, which is, you know, it's a fair argument. But we've seen in the last year and a half, two years, that the Knights and Tigers and teams of that caliber can gash our right edge, uh, you know, that they'd that, be able to tear us apart. And without, you know, with the new look right edge, Oppichick and Dunster have done fantastic there, but Wong on the other side, he's averaging like 160, 160 170 metres a game, uh, six, or, six or seven tackle busts a try in each game. He's getting heavily involved under kicks, scooping up loose balls, making good reads in defence. It, it's just been huge. Yeah, it's just about, you know, enthusiasm. Yeah, with that, that, that is the big thing. He has come to life. Like you said, Ham, the enthusiasm is there. He's bouncing up the ball. And you want to give uh, Quentin Gufferson some credit in that regard too because he's made it a point to get Wunger involved early on in sets, feeding him ball, giving him opportunities to attack a sliding uh, sliding defensive line and come back into that big left foot step. So really well done there. And um, the other player that I wanted to shout out, even though he did get sin binned, um, Zai Papali is just an animal. Uh, he broke 12 tackles, I think it was him, 
in that game. Yeah. Uh, the the, the Tiger was just falling off in the entire game. He could have scored two or three tries in the first half if things had played out a little bit differently and he had just that fraction more space. Um, he The fact that he was sitting there at the Warriors getting 10 to 20 minutes on the bench, uh, I don't know. Like, what do you even say to that? He has come here and he is one of the best back rollers in the game and he hasn't even, you know, hit his peak yet. He's so young. <laughs> he's like, it's not like he's 30. He's like 22, 23 or something. Yeah, he's been absolutely immense since coming to us. And yeah, another player I want to give a shout out to, Dylan Brown. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, sort of before the, the his suspension, there was sort of uh, question marks over his um, selection in the team. I've always been a big fan of Dill. Um, you know, purely for his defense alone. Like, you don't get that defense from he, half. He is a, shown. a unicorn. He is so yeah. unique in defense. There's nothing like him in the game. I just think, like, the way he straightens our attack on that right side. And there was just those times, I think he put Lane through a gap and backed up. Um, you know, it's just, he, he might not get the try assist or the line break assist or the line break assist, but he's the one giving the ball to the player who creates the try assist. He's the one that giving the ball to the player that just because he creates all, he straightens the attack. So the outside defenders have to come up and in. It's all short balls from there. It's not, Oh, I've got to throw the long cutout pass to create this space. No, it's just, Oh, short ball, short ball. Oh, they're already in space. Or oh, they've scored a try. Like he's something else. I think that that three week break and seeing what um, you know, while Jake was had his poor moments defensively, he's also probably an NRL level attacking half. And I think Dill sort of went, oh, I've got to sort of switch on my attacking game a little bit here. I've noticed he hasn't really gone looking for tackles like he did before his suspension. He's sort of getting into marker, and if it comes back his way, he'll make his tackle. But he's not heading infield like he did pre-suspension mm-hmm. to find those tackles. And you know, I think that's helped his attacking game a lot. And um, there was one point there he nearly scored a try from just taking his head down and busting through. Um, yeah, he's just been really good since coming back. And again, But there is a qualifier. These are two bottom four teams. Yeah, and that, that is a caveat that you need to, to you know hang the hat on there and, and you know, not get too far ahead yourself. But at the same time, like I was saying before, in the past that hasn't stopped a bottom eight team from cutting us up down our right edge where Opachik and, and Dunster have done a great job. So um, you don't get too far ahead of yourself, but the fact that the Eels have scored back-to-back games of 40 points is encouraging without, you know, they haven't even gone anywhere near their potential yet as well. You know, they've, they've played good for the majority of the game, but haven't gone for the full 80 minutes. Um, and that, that's typified by someone like Sean Lane, who had another great performance, 140 metres off the bench, 14 runs, great PCM. Um, you know, nearly 70 meters post contact, uh, post contact. So he's going, you know, 50 50 on his uh, meterage split, which is just insane, by the way. But at the same time, you also had that moment where we get Bloor put in the bin, we tap and go, and on the first tackle, he gets one on one stripped. Yeah, so, that's just attention. Attention to detail. To detail. That is exactly what it is, mate. That was what I was going to say. Uh, so the, the, you know, and we talk about the Bryce Cartwright kick, the Tom Opachik flick offload to Dunn. So there's just all these little moments in the second half um, where we got too far ahead of ourselves. Um, and this is with a man in the bin for us as well. So we were on the attack, you know, winning the contest and could have just easily have frotted them out um, out of the game completely by um, going to the fifth tackle and getting a repeat set. But instead, you know, we obviously felt like the opportunity was there to be aggressive and, and were too reckless of it. So, yeah, the, that, that's why I'm still encouraged by this performance because we're nowhere near our peak. Um, and, you know, you're going to need to peak to be, to be able to beat the Melbournes and the Panthers, Melbournes, the Storm and the Panthers in the finals. But we um we had a, a real drop off in 2020 around this time of the year, which started with that Manly game where we had like half a dozen guys out: Blake Ferguson, Ryan Madison, Mitchell Moses, 
and whatnot. And we never really recovered stride throughout the season. We, we got to that wins and, you know, we, we won a lot of games, but we didn't have the same swagger, you know, the same style and, and confidence. And, we you know, we had that same slump this year where we dropped against Manly and the Rabbitohs. Um, but we bounced back against Newcastle and the Tigers in, in ways that convinced me or leading me to be, you know, convinced that we are trending upwards again and we are going to start peaking, you know, post by where we got that real murderer's uh, row of games. Agree with everything that was said. Shout out to Clint Gutherson, that dance move. <laughs> how, how, how good was he, man? Where did it come from? I don't understand, like, where did he come with that with the move? And he's even done a variation of it. He did the little sort of Spanish hip flick. Both sides. I, I like. I like the variation how, of it too. Where does his nickname even come from? Who's who was the first one to call him the King? Like I don't even know. The King was um. That, as well. that came from Freddie, Freddie and Joey Freddie in, in the Panthers origin. game. Uh, the, it, it was, was a, just a joke, and like everybody played up to it, it and now we do it ironically and not ironically because it pisses everybody off so much. <laughs> but um, how how good was that picture of Guffo standing over uh, Laurie and giving him some lip after? Well, obviously there was a bit of um a battle of words between the two custodians there. But um, I, I love saying, I mean, I said it when we were chatting about this um, prior, I, I don't mind what happens to the Eels as well. I love having that in the game, seeing that passion, the characters, guys, you know, just willing to toe the line a little bit. And, and you know, you, you play you play with good sportsmanship in terms of the rules, but, you know, sometimes you can, you know, you can step up and, and deliver a bit of a verbal. Hey, what, it reminded me of um, Muhammad Ali standing up. <laughs> the, 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 there is a bit of that. Yeah, the way they pose like that, there is absolutely uh, parallels there. It's a great call, Ham. Maybe we should start calling him Muhammad or Ali instead of the king. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. can, you imagine, can you imagine Muhammad or Ali with a man bun? Seriously. Uh. <laughs> Speaking of man buns, I came across a twat on Twitter who literally hated the man bun. He is talking smack about Papa Lee and Gufferson. I don't know. Is he jealous that they got a bit of the man bun? He's bald, like, probably. I, I don't know if I'd be talking target. smack about ice. Um, that man is uh, terrifying. <laughs> he would knee in the, in the head if you talk shit about him. Ray Hadley in shambles. Um, somebody else, I thought uh, RCG had a lot of venom in his carries. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really good through the ruck. Uh, some things to mark us down on. One, we started off the game again going too sideways before we'd earned the right to go sideways, um, which is a bit frustrating. We seem to do it, especially when there's good line speed from defence. Um, I don't know what the, the alternative is, but I think, once we started running those unders lines again, and especially over on our left edge where Isaiah Papali and, and Wonga Blake were um, causing havoc uh, when we got them early ball, that was great. But yeah, just that wanting to shift too quickly in the opposition's 20. Mitchell, um, Mitchell Moses bombing a, a surefire try that led to a 12-point turnaround. Although yeah, he, he, that one you just got to laugh at. He, he owned up to it immediately in the post-game interview on the field. Um, I think he said something too effective. Um, I had to bring it up. Uh, because he, referencing the host, I knew you were going to razz me about it, so I had to get ahead of you. So yeah, but he um the big thing for me about Mitch, aside from the kicking, uh, the running game where he was dominant, um when he struck that first conversion, you just knew he was not going to miss anything all night. That was a, a barometer of what was to come. And they played Sweet Caroline about twelve times, I reckon, that game because he was kicking so many goals. I tell you what, I think they should try and get bring in a psychologist or just a what do they call it a hy- hypnotologist to like. Get into Mitchell's head that he's playing the Tigers every single week because <laughs> he would just—he'd be the best player. Speaking speaking ever. of revenge games, um, I thought in terms of the Tigers that Stefano Tuikamano actually had a pretty decent game. I mean, I've, I've oh, got, I didn't notice any of that. I've got a soft yeah, spot for Stefano. Oh, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm the uh, only I'm the only Eels fan that still gives a shit about him after he turned his back on us. But, no, he's the enemy. Uh, but I thought he was pretty much him and uh, Safe off were the only two that showed any backbone in that team. 
Yeah, um, Seafarth, he's a freaking grub. I didn't realize yeah. he's grubby that much. Yeah, he's, he's one of those guys that you hate to have um, on the opposition, but when he's on your team, you turn a blind eye to that sort of stuff because it niggles the opposition. But yeah, he is uh, fiery and grubby by spades, mate. I um, one I, other thing. Oh, sorry, buddy. You go. Sorry, no, you, no, you go. It's all right. It's- all right, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, the other thing, which we sort of already touched on, but that just lack of composure, like I was there with one of my mates and I'm just saying, you know, do they realise that they're playing with 12 on the field at the moment? Nope. Um, you know, they were just pushing passes where you the, thought it was the right player was to, or something like keep, that. to keep the ball down at the opposition at half. And I can understand why BA had the shits because if you're going to do that against a good team, you'll get a couple of tries put on you. So and just respecting the ball when you've got a player in the bin, they just need to be a bit more... Yeah, at least the, the encouraging thing on the flip side is as reckless as they were with the ball in hand, they defended strongly with 12 men on the field. Uh, the Tigers only ever got close to scoring by virtue of that uh, Bryce Cartwright grubber kick, which saw Luke Brooks pinch 40 metres uh, downfield. And um, beyond that, they had nothing. They weren't making any roads. Um, the Eels were scrambling brilliantly. Um, both our edges really just contained them. I thought we did a great job bottling up Luciano Lelura, except for that one try that he set up for uh, Jacob Littlebite when we allowed him to crab crossfield and link up with Luke Brooks. Um, and Luciano's a player that's caused us all sorts of grief in recent encounters. And yeah, aside from that, that uh, you know, Adam Dewey did nothing. Roberts was a non-factor. Uh, like I said, Stefano was probably their best forward from the bench. No one, no one really troubled us. Luke Brooks tried to run the ball a bit, and we um, we bottled him up nicely. So yeah, really well done um, by all accounts defensively. It's just that they had the chance to put on a, a genuine cricket score in this game because M- Mitchell Moses holds on to that uh, grubber kick in the first half. It goes 20-0 with another possession before half time, And I think you're looking at a 50- or 60-point shutout potentially. I thought um, Hayes Dunster, like, you know, with with him coming in for Virgo, like, you lose that size and that post-contact meters, but he held his own. Like, he, he had a couple of good runs where he literally didn't get dragged backwards, and that, that's the biggest worry. We're going to talk about um, our other winger going to, Play this week, like when you lose size, that's like you need that you need the, those first two tackles to get your sets rolling. And I thought Hayes, you know, stood up and yeah, he looks a bit bigger this year, but um, he did really very well. Like he even had a move in defense where he came up and he sort of backed yeah, off, flip, flipped, the, flipped his hips error. and got it out. Yeah, he, he's done really well defensively. He's following the cues given to him by Tom Opachik when to jam and when to hold. And when he's jamming and it's not on, or you know, the, the offense plays the correct you know, uh, option against him. He he swivels those he swivels those hips and gets back in cover really quickly. It's been really fun to watch. Um, you know, statistically he hasn't been anything amazing. He went for sixty six meters against the Tigers off six runs, which is eleven runs a carry, which is really good. But um, credit goes to the rest of the backs because Gufferson one fifty, Sevo one thirty one, Opachik one thirty eight, and Wanga Blake one fifty. They're all helping carry the load that's been made by Ferguson's absence because Ferguson obviously is such a tremendous ruck player uh, early in sets. So the rest of the team's done a great job uh, picking up the shared load there, which is encouraging. And I think that's going to be a factor in round 15, like you were alluding to, Bertie, because we had a wild list team, which, a wild team was Tuesday, which we'll get to later. But yeah, Hayes, really fun to watch. Just bringing, you know, he's not a star, but he's bringing energy. He's bringing enthusiasm. Yeah, that's, that's he's bringing willingness. Youth, you know? Yeah, he's being good under the high ball. He makes his kick returns really solidly. You know, he picks the space between the players. Uh, and the attacking opportunities have come to him. He scored a try against Newcastle, that Ryan Madison gift wrap for him, obviously, but um, the ball didn't really come his way uh, near the red zone against the Tigers, but that's fine because we've got so many lethal options everywhere else in the field. Yeah, I think with Hayes, like, what's he, this will be his fifth game this year and sixth game overall. I reckon he's got to get to the to the physicality and the speed of the NRL, and, you know, soon, soon enough he'll be sort of, his game against the Knights where he got 130-odd metres, that'll be the average I think. Yeah. Um, I don't think he'll ever be a superstar, but 
you know, if you've got a solid winger out there on cheap coin. Well, that's the thing. He's not going to be paid like a superstar. He's not. Players giving him the ball. He's not getting Blake Ferguson's four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a season. He's getting something closer to probably like one twenty five, one fifty. I'd say. Um, you know, purely speculative here. I've got no idea on what the the cap makeup is for Hayes Dunst's contract. But yeah, you're getting you're getting plus performance on his contract. So that's good. That's really good. And um, depth in the outside backs positions is always valuable because uh, you know they're so heavily involved. And if they get banged up, you need a guy that can plug and play um, on the wing. All right, we spent enough time on West's Tigers. Uh, it was good to make it seven in a row. Um, that is pure dominance. That's um, three consecutive sweeps as well, I think, um, 19, 20, and 21. I mean, we beat them everywhere. I mean, you know, at this rate, we'll probably have to play them in Perth, you know, maybe Argentina. We've got, 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 got to take out the Darwin chance. next year so we can um, beat them in another venue as well. Um, they can call that hashtag our uh, – you can't call it jungle, but our, I don't know, Travelling circus, that's what you should call them. <laughs> um, I'd just like to give myself a rap for abusing the Tigers for 100 or so minutes. Oh, speaking of um, giving raps, shout out to my uh, my running mate, 60s from TCT, in our pregame show at Pablo's. He uh, correctly tipped 50-plus uh, points between two teams, Quinton Gufferson to score the first try and Parramatta by 13-plus. So uh, I don't know if anyone ever got a, a same-game multi-out on his advice, but you would have cleaned up. So well done, 60s. Can you shut the bar? If, if, if you'd put that bet in, you could shout the bar, that's for certain. i tell you what, I don't, I don't think he put the bet on, but I think Birdie got his Poscas out after uh, <laughs> oh, this. Yeah, I, I mean, I had, a, I had a bit too much fun Sunday oh, night. The, the, other thing, but I, the other thing I want to close on is that the referees suck. Uh, <laughs> Atkins and Perinara are terrible. Uh, I know that the West Tigers have some gripes too, but um, the fact that they deliberately did not, you know, penalise or Simbian Tom Amone for uh, – elbow strike on Reagan Campbell Gillard in the ruck that then like led to a, a flare intentions that, you know, resulted in Isaiah Papali trying to deliver some street vengeance, presumably, um, was just that's terrible from the referees. They they that is on them. I know that yeah. you can't excuse Papali for what he did, but the fact that he was given the opportunity to do that is because they did not take control of the game. So shame on you. What two weeks before we went back seventy meters and three minutes set, three minutes uh, and seventy meters against Manly because there was a incidental contact from Ryan Madison or something like that. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. So let's go back to uh, the Jersey flag. Uh, so one sec, just get the Jersey flag results up. So oh, the Jersey we flag. went down in this match as we thought we may. Um, 30 to 14 try scorers for the Eels were Jaden Yates and Jaden Skinner. So we started off well and then the JJs. Yeah. They burst out of the blocks. Were you out there, Ham? No, I was yeah, uh, camping. I, I, I was, I, I was um, stuck doing some uh, Renault stuff for my parents. So, helping out there and I got feedback from um, a couple of boys that went there and yeah we burst out the blocks out to a 12-0 lead led at half time 14-6 I want to say so really in command of the game second half um, Luke Bain who's been one of our best in recent weeks uh, dropped the ball over the line and then dropped the ball on halfway which really opened the gates for the Tigers to get back into it and they just ran away with the contest um, we we you know obviously tried really pushed them but as has been the case for, I think, outside of maybe the Dragons game where we were beaten by a team that was clearly better than us, um, we've really just been our own worst enemies. All right. And then jumping into reserve grade, uh, where the Eels just prevailed 28-26 after Eels. leading 24-12 at halftime. Uh, try scorers Will Penasini, Jacob Arthur, Jordan Rankin, Michael Oldfield, and Blake Ferguson. Yeah, um, Ham, you caught all this one. I caught the last quarter of play. Uh, coming back from our pregame show at Pablo's. But uh, what an interesting game. We, we certainly made it close yeah. coming down to a penalty goal from about 43, 44 out just to the left of the uprights. 
Um, and the thing is, I thought for the whole game, Para were just in control, um, never looked like dropping, you know, or getting it this close. Um, there was a point there where we allowed the Tigers to score and went up 28-16 and then they um, scored off the ensuing set, off the kickoff. Um, and it was just sort of all the Tigers running there. But yeah, well, Blake Ferguson was sort of, when he wanted to, was making line breaks. Will Penasini was just strong as always. I thought the halves were connecting well, kicking well. The front um, rolls had big gains. Makatoa going over 200. Greg going yeah. for 170. The back rollers were all above 150. Hipgrave 160. Rodwell 160. Elsgaham 175. So uh, lots of people had great games. Just that laps in the second half opened the doors for one of the best teams in the competition. The the Magpies, no chump change. Uh, yeah, well, the, they come in second. And, and one, one of the few teams, that, that's right, to beat us. So this was a, a great revenge victory. But uh, – yeah, I mean, it's easy to get frustrated about the fact we let them back into the game, um, but there was a lot, this is a team, as we've spoken about, they're, they're so fun. Um, they've been chopped and changed a lot of the season's gone on because of promotions to first grade, because of guys being you know, injured and suspended and just having young kids in the lineup, and yet they keep finding ways to be in contests and prevailing. So uh, Ryan Carr's doing a fantastic job there. Um, Will Penasini, um, he was you know the guy I was tipping to potentially come in the first grade this week to replace Mike Acevo. His free game stretch, the numbers are phenomenal. Um, he's averaging yeah, he's- 200 metres a game off 17 carries, so he's going at 11.5 metres or close enough uh, a carry. He's breaking 6.33 tackles a game. He scored a try in every game, broken the line broken the line five times, sorry, set up a try. Uh, he's made been asked to make 54 tackles across those games, so a big defensive workload for a centre. He's only missed or made ineffective tackles five times of that 54 so he's had a, an effective tackle rate of um, 90.2%, I believe, or 90.7%. He is in the sort of form that, I mean, and the media have wrapped him this year, don't get me wrong, that if Joseph Sawali had been doing that in reserve grade, they'd be calling for him to be picked for State of Origin. Uh, yeah. He is killing it. So you're really, and he switched from the right to the left um, since the Newcastle game. So he's been doing it on both sides. He's having a great run. So you love to see a blue chip prospect like, uh, like uh, Will really starting to put it all together. So um, well done to Will. Well, I think it just goes to show, you know, sort of when they started the year, even I had concerns about um, himself and Sean Russell and Jacob Arthur being straight up into um, reserve grade there. But I think the more they've played, I think it's the more it's just shown that, you know, these guys are class footy players. Mm -hmm. They're maybe on the smaller side compared to their competitors, but boy, do they have the talent. And it was just a matter of time before that talent has shone through. And they just need a footy under their belts because they hadn't had it for the 12 months prior. So, you know, say if all last year didn't happen, where would they be? Like, that's the level of that's talent. The, um, that's the fun thing of sports, all those sliding door moments, isn't it? Um, like we are discussing on the tip sheet on the weekend, you know, if the Eels don't lose those two grand finals in the 70s, do we get Jack Gibson? You know, sometimes taking your lumps and, you know, missing a season because of COVID, maybe it leads to other opportunities opening up, which is what we're seeing this year with the young kids like Arthur and Penasini. Um, and they're also trying to get Loisu some um, looks in reserve grade too, obviously. So really, 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 really fun stuff. Um, we're actually equal with the Magpies on the ladder now, but we've had two buys, I think, to their one. Am I right in yeah, saying that? Correct. So uh, they've actually got the game in hand uh, versus us, so they'd have to lose. They're, they're technically like half a game ahead of us if you talk about it in that sort of metric. Um, but yeah, really, really good job from the boys. Um, the, they'll be kicking themselves about some of the games they lost this year, particularly the Mouthies game, um, but they've done some great stuff. Um, and, and guys like Makatoa, uh, guys like Greg, who are just, you know, coming on in leaps and bounds. Um, and, and, you know, Elsgaham, Hipgrave, Rodwell. Um, he didn't play on the week, but uh, 
uh, Kurt Dillon is another guy they've picked up. That they've just been fantastic contributors for guys that have walked in off the street. So the recruitment's been on point. The coaching's been on point. Um, and this is a team that I love to watch. Um, and I, I hope they go deep in the finals because they deserve it. They've been really, really good. Okay, well, let's jump into some news. So the big news coming out of last week, uh, which came out after the podcast, is Paramount Eels are joining the NRLW Ooh. competition uh, for 2021. So uh, just the press release from the Eels. This is an exciting and historic moment for the club as it embarks on a new era with the first elite women's team. Uh, Jim Sarantinos, Paramount Eels CEO, said, we have one of the largest female supporter bases in the NRL and we want to ensure the club represents the diversity of its members and fans by providing a platform to inspire young girls to feel connected with the club. Quote, we identified an NRLW team as a priority to ensure that our development club philosophy could be extended to our female pathways players. We want to inspire all females to play rugby league and we can now give them that opportunity to play at an elite level in a national competition. Our club is committed to developing an elite women's program that rivals any sport in Western Sydney, said Jim. Um, so, And Dean Witters, yeah, who is uh, appointed the inaugural head coach, said, how I am good. delighted that we are able to welcome Dean back to the club. And with – oh, no, sorry, this is still Jim. About Dean, <laughs> we are d- delighted that we are able to welcome Dean back to the club. And with his recent experience as head coach of the South Sydney women's team, he will bring a strong knowledge of the women's game to our program. Yeah, Dean, Dean one of the uh, all-time good guys in terms of rugby league, done some fantastic stuff post-career as a uh, – uh, I suppose a, like a pseudo counselor or, or you know career figure, and then gone into the women's game as a coach. So he brings uh, a bit of experience there. So great selection by the club. NRLW is so cool. It adds that much more value to the back end of the season for us fans getting to watch the girls uh, have a crack um, in that run to the postseason. Uh, who do you guys want to see us recruit? Because I don't. We don't know what the rules are. Who are they going to be able to protect players? They're expanding with three teams with the Warriors coming out. So. Uh, there's a lot of talent that needs to be shared among the Titans, the Knights, and the Eels. Uh, uh, I don't know what they're going to do, but it's going to be crazy. Who, who's the best? The Broncos. Um, the Broncos. NRLW. The Broncos. Are no, both. who's the best, the best player? I mean, who's the, oh, who's the, the best the player? That, that's yeah. that's probably a contentious thing because there's a number of great players in the NRLW. Um, Isabel Kelly, in my eyes. Isabel Kelly. <laughs> uh, uh, Ali Briggenshaw. Yeah, Briggenshaw is pretty talented. Stuff. Yeah. She's a she's um, a five oh. eight half, isn't she? Yeah, the Queensland fullback one. from Brisbane too, Tamika Upton. Mm-hmm. She's only young, but she's a she's a gun at fullback. The, the Steelers have got some great talent too um, that they've been bringing through. Um, having watched Natasha Gale this year, um, the the Steelers and the uh, the Roosters really impressed me. So there's some talent there to be had if you're looking on the younger side. Um, I'll in tell her- you what, the, the one thing I'm looking forward to with this uh, NRLW team. Is our two props from the mm, homegrown? Team. I was about to say homegrown talent. The the first in house uh, ladies to debut. You got to um, put down Lasalio, Sita Payne, and uh, Ruby John Kennard. So yeah. I um, don't think they'll be debuting this year because they're only eighteen, I believe. Uh, yeah, uh, they eighteen year, they'll to be 19, 19, yeah. 20, possibly. I don't really know the ages of those two, but um, if I was Parramatta, I'd be looking to get those then those two if it's possible into the squad. I don't think it's outside the realms of possibility of a Sita Payne debut this year, even if it's just like a minor thing. But yeah, um, they're, they're two that'll be training for the squad and getting a real look in for 2022, certainly. Um, but yeah, that, it, it's so exciting. NRLW has been such a great product for the game. Um, the girls have been so good. And I know that it sucks that Brisbane's won all the games, but the standard play has been really good. And, and seeing it expand into a, a proper comp or you know, getting right on the cusp of being like a, a full-blown uh, you know, round-robin 
multi, you know, multi-round format rather than being like a, a finals play-in is, is so cool. So, well done. You know who they, sh- you know who should, they should target? Sorry to cut you off. That um, rugby union chick, the, the speed stuff. Well, the, the really Sarantanos did come out and say that the Eels are going to be searching far and wide across other codes and sports for the best talent available. Um, obviously, that means they're going to try and recruit some um, some of the ace talent inside the NRLW too. But um, there's opportunities out there for rugby union players and um, athletes from other codes that want to dabble in into the you know the greatest game of them all. Because she did play for the. Because I'm on a Wikipedia page. Right? I'm doing some research for the pod. Believe it. She um <laughs> she played for the Warriors. So like you know just get some speeds like some X factors. Like I think they'll you know gather get uh, garner more interest. Yeah, her or um Lomax's missus, whatever her name is. Surges. 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 Jesse Surges. Yeah. But yeah, with Ellie Green, she's an absolute star in rugby sevens. If you can get her, she's just she's strong, she's powerful, fast, and she's a character. I think she'd, you know, draw attention to the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So flowing from that, uh, Warriors unfortunately had to withdraw a team this year due to the uh, travel issues. Uh, but that left room for Newcastle, Gold Coast, and Parramatta to join the NRLW. And we assume next year, fingers crossed, that COVID recovery keeps going the way it is, although we could do with a couple more vaccinations. Um, we should have the Warriors back in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no stoked um, to have uh, an NRLW team. And that flows on from all the work we've been doing in Tasha Gales and also in the Harvey Woman. Harvey Norman women's and, um, and Greater Western Sydney. It, it's really two and Gabby's led the way. Um, junior participation rate for women um, out that way is is off the charts. So the Western Sydney is really embracing uh, the code. You're like, you mean you'll ever see it. It's Heartland stuff, right? Um, but yeah, seeing the the girls really kicking up the uh, the interest, the intensity, the participation um, is only only good for the game. So yeah, awesome, awesome stuff. I just want to say another player I'd love to bring across: Lorena Papali'i, Isaiah's mum. No joke, get her on, get her on as like a, a consultant or a coach. Uh, she, she whipped her boy into, you know, NRL peak shape. Um, she's clearly got some chops for it. I'll tell you what. Yeah, but get her yeah. on board and boy, I think we'll be the toughest side in the competition. <laughs> oh, he'll cut out that knee drop from him. He'll be like a good boy from now on. <laughs> it's, remember remember, remember when Brownie got scolded by his nonna for getting suspended? <laughs> Imagine yeah, yeah. What, what Ice is going to get from his mum. <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, pretty pretty big steps from a supposed sexist club that got rid of cheerleaders. Anyway, move on. Yes. Um, all right. Well, uh, there wasn't too much more news, was there? Um, that flowed out. No. Uh, no. Uh, it's an injury update, which doesn't really provide much of an update. <laughs> it's um, a TBA, if you like. Uh, yes. Um, but Ray Stone, yeah, around 16 to 17, ankle injury. And Reed Marnie still TBA. But the the early word is that it's probably going to be after the bye. Yeah, he was pushing a play versus uh-huh. Penrith per Brad Arthur. And uh, I think the coach said, nope, we've got the uh, origin bye and then the bye-bye. So you're going to be resting until we uh, play the Titans, which makes a lot of sense, maximising his recovery potential um, and, and giving him the best opportunity to get back to peak fitness uh, for that really tough run into the postseason. Yeah, it wants him to be healthy. Yeah, healthy at the back end of the season. And also, it also course. helps that Joey Lossick has stepped up really, really well. So, Yes, and um, we'll get to the, the team list this week, but it shows that, you know, um, Brad Arthur's happy to rotate some players in and out of the team at the moment. So, um, all right, well, let's start off with the juniors. So uh, this Sunday, 20th of June, uh, we've got a triple header at Bankwest this week. Um, no, we don't, don't. No, sorry, we don't. New Era Stadium. Fuck, yeah. that's Saturday. It what was, am I talking about? It was, it was meant to be, but... 
They've uh, didn't the club have a builders at Bank West on their announcement? They might have done, but it's wrong. Yeah, it's since changed. So sorry. Uh, Sunday, eleven thirty a.m. Eels oh. third taking on Mounties in fifth. Um, I saw. Oh, that's reserve grade I'm looking at. We'll start a Jersey flag. <laughs> Saturday, 1pm at New Era Stadium. Nice. Eels taking on the Bulldogs. Uh, so, Kalachi returns and Skelton. So, um, how are we liking that lineup? Uh, where are the Bulldogs coming? Bulldogs are fourth. Questions. Fourth, so. Yeah, so pretty yeah, good team. Yeah, reasonable. Anybody uh, to look out for? What, what should we be expecting? Um, I think we're pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the flag have been the victims of, of being the most volatile lineup. Uh, this year, um, a lot of guys being called up to either NRL or Cup, um, calling heavily on their their SG ball talent. So it's been a tough, you know, a tough gig for them. Um, but at the same time, they've also been a little bit ill-disciplined and hurt themselves at crucial times. If I mean, they're more than capable of beating the Bulldogs. They beat them last time they played him in a real tight game with a, a Massimo intercept being the difference, right? 12 to 10, 12 to 6? Yeah, that's correct. It was yeah. two minutes ago, I believe. So they're more than capable of beating the, this team. And we saw on the weekend that they nearly knocked over the best team in the competition. Um, but it'll be a matter of how they manage themselves more than how they manage their opponent. All right. And any names to look out for there? Right. You've got Skelton returning on the wing. Uh, Skelton's, Chappell, Skelton's, not, Skelton's not returning. A he's, a, he's a new face. We are, He wasn't actually part of our system. I think we might have just picked him up. We don't so, see Skelton then. I swear I'd seen his name before. Uh, he came to us via Cronulla, we, thought, we think, Ham. Um, and Ham, I asked Ham, he reckons there might be a connection to fly one-time Wallaby Will Skelton. So, Okay. Anybody else there? Uh, you got Tateo and Tohi. Yeah, Tohi they're, they're both, in the second row. both good prospects, um, playing very young in this competition, SG ball eligible in 2021, so they're up two years early, um, doing some good stuff there. Um, it was good to see Daryl Kalachi back in the lineup. He's been out of action ever since being picked for the City team, so I don't know if he picked up an injury because um, I haven't seen his name anywhere. So he's back in there replacing Samuel Loizu, who'd been promoted to the Cup. Um, Kalachi's a, a good prospect, uh, big, athletic, capable of playing in the halves, but we're sticking him in the centres at the moment. Um, and, yeah, uh, that's probably probably the pick of him, I think, Ham. Yes, John. Yes, Forty. Yeah, you make it right. Okay. Thank you, Ham. <laughs> Okay, let's go over to reserve grade now and I'll get the right time this time. 11.30am at Bankwest Stadium, Sunday 20 June. Um, so that team is sprouted with a, a fair bit of first grade talent there. Um, you'd hope to get a win. Uh, Bulldogs coming, oh, sorry, Mounties rather, coming fifth and Eels in third position. So um, Mounties, got a Mounties upset us last time. Yeah, Mounties were one of the games that we really, we've lost four times this season. Uh, the Mounties game is probably the most frustrating of them. So, Yeah, Lachlan Lewis and uh, Kyle Flanagan there in the halves. And then you can see there's a couple of uh, first graders throughout that line. Dean Madison lining up against um, the Eels. Did anyone see? Uh, Joe the- Stimson at lock. Dean Britt. Uh, Reese Davies, former Eel. He's uh, on the extended bench. Uh, Harati. Um, who else can I see in there? Uh Watson Holetta, he's a former Eel, isn't he? Uh, yes, he yeah, spent he last year for us and was um, on his way to potentially playing first grade at times before he broke his jaw. So he was unlucky, but he's there. Um, speaking of Mounties, they were televised on the weekend. Did anyone see Casey Badger getting... getting oh, yes, yes, she copped it. Just, uh, not good. There was no. a couple of memes coming out. And then the Gladys Perichick. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, that, 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 one, that one was my favourite. <laughs> Oh, Hamish might post it on the Twitter if you can find it. That that was beautiful. Uh, no, I already stole one of your uh, your uh, meme, I- meme ideas on the weekend, so I don't think I'll steal anymore. Oh, God. So good. Uh, Got to love a good meme. So, 
Yeah, the, the Mounties aren't chump change. They are. They pushed us last time, but we had a an awful start to that game. The first twenty minutes, we gave up eighteen points. Um, really self destructive stuff. Hayes Perham had a shocker under the high ball. Um, everything they did turned to gold. They had multiple chip kicks resulting in favorable bounces that led the tries. And um, we fought back, but then it wasn't enough. So yeah, this would be a good revenge game for Parramatta. Hello. Sorry, I, I again put myself on mute. Oh, and, uh, but yeah, I suppose the, the, the big thing in this we, game would be how the guys that got dropped respond to getting dropped, um, Oggy and, and Cartwright. Uh, and then... Yeah, I'm, it's a bit strange, Oggy being dropped. I, I, I don't understand it. But, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd have to there. think it's either a rotation thing uh, where you know, you're just trying to get guys like Roach who you, wanted, you, you probably wanted to play Roach for a while now, but he hasn't been uh, given the opportunity. Or maybe it's just a, a way of Brad Alpha and the coaches sending a message to the group saying, don't get complacent. Oggy only got 44 metres in the weekend. Maybe they, they had a benchmark for him to get 80 or 100 or something. And uh, obviously Bryce had that errant kick that led to the West Tigers scoring their only try in the second half. You know, don't yeah, get, that's an automatic send back. Yeah, don't, don't get complacent. Don't start playing loose footy. You know, you've got you to stick to your gun, stick to the plan. Um, and you're going to, you know, do that by, you know, um, paying your dues and reserve grades. So, I don't know. There's a couple of things it could be. It'd be interesting to see if we get any uh, clarity during the batch of midweek press stuff that we always get from the club. Um, but, aside from that, it's good to see Naiduki back up in Reggie's. Um, uh, looking at that team, Will Smith being the utility that he is, uh, moving from fullback to dummy half to help cover the loss of both Roach and Lussick. So, well done there. Um, yeah, it, it's a team that's got plenty of talent, so... Right, well, let's jump into first grade. The Eels in third, taking on the Bulldogs in... Oh, they're still in 16th. I thought they did enough to get out of last place. No, they need to score one more point. <laughs> one more point. Okay, my bad. Um, 2 p.m. out of Bankwest, uh, also on KO and Foxtel. Uh, if you're into having a punt, uh, you wouldn't back us because we're a dollar eight. Um all right, that's, that's, that's eight percent. That's great return. Come on, just put just put your life savings on us and get eight percent back. Easy. Yes, uh, maybe a million bucks for what <laughs> eighty grand. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you're a, if you're having a flutter, it is terrible odds. Um. <laughs> <laughs> then again, the dragons were a dollar twenty last week. So I, I, I actually looked at that game. It's funny because it's easy to say with the benefit of hindsight and being captain told you so, but. Um, Look at those odds. I was actually shocked that the dogs were that far out. It was like, yeah, it's not a, not a bad flutter. Um, but, yeah, they, they just were awful against the, the, the dogs, weren't they, the dragons? Filthy. Um, all right, so starting at fullback, Nick Meany, who was actually pretty good on the weekend. On the wings, Nick Kotrick and Katoa. And then in the centres, Will Hopawati and Aaron Shoup. And then in the halves, Brandon Wakeham, Jake Avarillo. Forwards are Jack Hetherington and Luke Thompson with Jeremy Marshall King at hooker. Second row is Adam Elliott, Matt Dury, and Captain Josh Jackson at lock. Ugh, don't know what happened there. Um, interchange bench, Sione Katoa, Dylan Napper, Ava Siu Manifanai, and Corey Waddell. Extended bench, Kyle Flanagan, Joe Stimson, Dallin Wateni Zalesniak, and Jackson Tapine. And then for the Eels, Fullback and captain Clint Gutherson on the wing, Sean Russell and Ooh. Hayes Dunster. Um, so, Sean Russell, the debutant, you want to tell us a bit about him, Ham and Forty? I'll let Forty go first. Well, I mean, both Ham and I have got a huge rap on Sean. Um, supremely talented uh, outside back prospect, has been primarily a fullback uh, through recent years, but given that his path to first grade is blocked by a, a certain Quentin Gutherson, um, who is the captain and you know, representative caliber player. Um, he's made the uh, transition to wing this year. Um, he's still a little bit undersized in relation to being an NRL winger full-time. Um, he's growing into his body. He's got plenty of speed, very elusive, very smooth. Um, great playmaker. 
Uh, I think that much like Jake Arthur, it's a, an inspired decision to bring the rookie in and give him a taste of first grade in order to accelerate the development at the reserve grade level for the rest of the year. So I really like the core. Um, I would have been equally happy for Penasini coming in and, and figuring out the back line after that too because Will's been so good as we detailed earlier. But yeah, Sean is a immensely talented player and I think that making the move to the wing is 100% the right call and I'm really keen to see how he goes and, and how he looked to incorporate him if there's any little... Uh, cheeky little set plays or something we'll do to utilize his speed because he's probably going to be the quickest member of our back line except for maybe Wanga who we haven't really got to see in open space this year yeah um uh, when we first started watching Sean he was a goal-kicking center mm-hmm. I think he played out on the left-hand side with um funnily enough Will Penasini out on the right side from memory they could have been swapped doesn't really matter at this point but yeah so Sean can play anywhere from fullback he's played on the wing before I think he did when he was a year young in SG ball um, so yeah, and then he played fullback for oh for schoolboys last year for some Paddy's Blacktown, um, and he was playing sort of fullback wing this year uh, in reserve grade. So yeah, just a back utility, but I think a very good player in all three positions. And uh, he's he's love. um definitely uh, like embraced the transition the wing this year. He's been trying to get heavily involved in rucking. Um, he's consistently hitting that hundred meter benchmark that you sort of hold a modern winger to. Um, but yeah, the most exciting thing for me will be his speed and whether we can unleash that uh, this week against the Dogs. Um, and we've already seen of Hayes Dunster that the likes of Gufferson, Opachik, and Blake are more than willing to pick up the slack and help uh, kickstart those sets. So I'm looking to see those three, uh, you know, even double down that regard this week. Um, but Russell and, and Dunster will do their dues too. So I'm really keen to see that. Uh, like I said, I love the call. Uh, I think that it, it's inspired. It, it, it signals so much for succession planning that we, we see these kids and say, you know what, our team is good enough to carry them. Um, we want them to see what first grade is like. We want to know what we've got in them, even just a little look, um, and give them a taste in order to uh, proceed or, or instigate as a catalyst even more rapid development in reserve grade. So, yeah, really, really like the core. All right. Halves, Dill Brown, Mitch Moses in the forwards. Regan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Paulo, Joey Lussick returns at hooker. And then the second row is Isaiah Papali'i and Ryan Madison. And then at lock, Nathan Brown. On the interchange, Murata Neokore, Sean Lane, Keegan Hipgrave comes into the team for a return and he's undefeated in for, uh, top, the top grade, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, he, he lost his um, perfect season a while back, but uh, he is a good luck talisman in first grade. And then Nathaniel Roach gets his call up for... Papa Roach. Did he, he, did he play some games at Warriors? Or? Yeah, he's played for yeah. the Warriors. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Cut my life into pieces. Yes. Um, <laughs> Oregon Kafusi, Blake Ferguson, uh, Bryce Cartwright, and Jacob Arthur are the extended bench. So, two debutants in the one week. How, how are we liking that lineup against the Bulldogs? I love it. I think, you know, against the Dogs, um, they are a very tough and competitive team, but they're coming 16th and they're coming 16th for a reason. This is the time to experiment, this is the time to give um, some guys maybe a break. It's time to give some guys a run that haven't played either haven't played first grade or haven't played first grade in a while in case in terms of um Keegan Hipgrave. Um and I don't think I believe all three will do their job. I think um in particular I think um Keegan Hipgrave will do it well. He's been doing he's been playing really well in reserve grade. Uh Roach had a very good game on the weekend. I think this is sort of a just rewards for his season so far in reserve I grade. That, uh, that PJ Marsh energy from Roach off the bench. Oh, I was just I was just about to point out how you know Late in the game, they put him on 15, 20 minutes to go. Him jumping out of dummy half, looking at tired ruck defenders. 
he could be making some breaks. I hope that he, he could be good for a try or two as well because he is an absolute nugget and close to the line. He'll be hard to stop. So he doesn't mind a dart out of dummy half. Um, he's been really good for the Eels throughout the course of the year in reserve grade, working in tandem with Joey Lussick. Lussick got his shot, obviously, um, and has really taken his opportunity and done really well. And now it's time for Roach, who um, absolutely killed it in the preseason, by the way. He was super impressive. Um, one of the fittest blokes at the club. Um, and a guy that, if he can give us something from the bench, it, it poses some really interesting questions on bench construction moving forwards. If Roach is that guy that can come on for 15-20 Ham and uh, Birdie and, and, and Hamish uh, and, and wreak havoc, I, I don't know what you do with your bench construction because, geez, the Eels got a glut of options at the moment. Well, that's the thing. You know, you got Roach and Lussick, both are probably specialist hookers. But then you got Will Smith who can just pretty much uh, team utility. You just put him anywhere. Do you put him in? You know, it's it's a good selection headache to have. And I think that, um, you know, last year Brad was criticised for going too hard too early post-COVID um, break. And this year I think he's sort of taken, a, uh, you know, taken the intensity off in some games. And, you know, in this particular case, he's um, giving two players a complete rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of a sudden we get younger by the week. Like, you know, it's a, it's a good positive because, you know, we need to look forward to the future and... Um, and, you know, as Ham just said, um, last year, Brad Arthur, we, we practically had a um, same team each week. You know, maybe we got a bit burnt out towards the semifinal. So, you know, if this is just a week off, you know, the week off could do the wonders for Oggy, you know, because uh, I, I think they got to do, uh, do so far, it's got a cup game and we have a bye, because if not, a week off there and, like, just just keep just keep them, you know, refreshed because, um, yeah, you can tell we were a bit burnt out last year. Yeah, um, I, I remember reading in uh, one of the 60s blogs earlier that um, Russell... And Brown used to set the pace at the training um, with his uh, the endurance. And as soon as Guffo came along, he literally took over and practically uh, yeah, took uh, Guffo, Guffo's wing, in so. a class of his own. Guys like Russell and and Roach and a few others are, are supremely fit. And then there's Quentin Gufferson, who's just like in the S plus tier. It, he is insane. His uh, diligence and and work ethic is literally second to none in the NRL, and it's part of the reason why he's been so effective over these last few years. So yeah, um. Some really fun things there. It's always great to see a debut, let alone two. One as a rookie, one as a club debutant. Um, and it makes the game that much more interesting, doesn't it? Seeing how these guys are going to handle it. Seeing what the Eels plan to do. Like, when do they inject Nathaniel Roach? Do they have anything that's going to you know, look to get Sean Russell into the game as a set play or, or let him roam a little bit, given these he's played some fullback in the past? So, yeah, um, interesting times ahead. Um, as, as for the Dogs, I've got a bit of respect or, or a bit of time for their front row, particularly Jack Harrington who is an absolute loose cannon in defense but brings plenty of impact. I mean, the Eels have a, a little bit of tussle there to be had in the starting rotation, but obviously, you know, some chumps named Reagan Campbell and Junior Paul might have something to say about that. Uh, but, yeah, beyond that, I think that we, we eased past them in round six early this year. Um, I think that we should get the double this year and have our second consecutive sweep um, in two weeks after um, doing like the Tigers or um, 2-0 the, the Dogs as well. All right, so we're jumping into predictions, are we? I mean, does anyone else have anything, Wayne? Looking at that dogs lineup, does anything scare you? I mean, Matt. Dewey- the only thing is, is if we don't show up like the Dragons didn't on the weekend. You know, the, the Bulldogs managed that's, to get a roll on through the true, forwards, and we've we, we you know we've we've thrown in the towel twice. I think this season, once against the Dragons and again um, against Souths um, and Manly, where their men, their forward pack started off and got a roll on, and we just that's, couldn't turn the tide. That's true, but that's also predicated on the fact that the dogs turn up. Uh, the Dragons played their what will be by far and away their best game of the season against us. They they were legitimately great in that day. Uh, Manly obviously were hot and we we didn't play great football. The South game was probably the most winnable out of those ones. 
um, in terms of the contest, and we just uh, unfortunately had our issues uh, on the right of that the initial switch of Tom Opachik with uh, Blake Ferguson. So yeah, there's like some factors there in play, but I don't know if the Dogs can back up what will be their season best performance against the Dragons. I assume um, they'll, they'll be on an emotional high that can take a toll. Um, they'll obviously be looking to aim up against us. I, I just think that in the last two weeks we've gotten back, not not perfectly, but gotten back in large to what makes us such a good team. And I want to see us go on with it, and I expect us to do so. Just gotta um, watch I out for. Oh, um, you go ahead. No, no, you go, Betty. You start. I was gonna say we gotta watch out for Avrilo. You know, he's a speed. So he's he got is a good, a good player. Game. I've yeah. that. Yeah, um, Avrilo really jumps really out me. as their their best player. Um, I like Matt Dury in the back row, former para prospect. Aaron Shop is a, a young kid with a lot of our talent and a lot of our potential. Um, bit of a tackle buster, so we should see how he goes. Um, but yeah, the uh, one thing I'm worried about, or not, not particularly worried about, but uh, yes, it's fantastic that Shawnee's um, debuting on the wing. But he'll be defending up against Will Hopawadi and Nick Kotrick. Now Nick Kotrick could probably have about Nugget. twenty kilos yeah. on the ball bugger. Yeah. And um Will Hopawadi, you know, say what you want about Will, but he's very good at getting his winger one on one with the opposite winger. Mm-hmm. And if Sean gets one on one or if Nick gets one on one with Sean, I think that um big Nick Chot uh Kotrick's got the power game there. Kotrich. So Kotrich, our inside defenders will um need to be pushing hard across if that's the case. All right then, Bertie, your prediction. Well, I'm going to predict us our first win against the Bulldogs at Bankwest. I think we're going to beat them 44-6. I'm going to tip a Russell Hattrick on debut. First try will be him, and it'll be from a kick. We're going to show showcase his speed, and then you put the Bulldogs, I think, as you said, of Kotrick on the back foot. So now Kotrick will be second-guessing um, Russell because he'll just keep running past him. Because Kotrick, you know, he's put on about put on weight since he's came to the Bulldogs. Must be those halal snack packs, but um, not, many, not many of them in Canberra. But yeah, he um, he's not that quick. You know, he's got a bit of a, a long turning circles. Yeah, I'm thinking a big game. You know, you know, look, you look at our last two games. We don't. We, we've just done our job. You know, get to our sets, done. Um, you know, scored and then just restarted. So like, we weren't carrying on. And yeah, before you know, it, before you blink, you know, we'll be up thirteen nil at half. Um, Birdie, sorry, just go back there. Did you say our first win against the Dogs at Banquest? Yeah, didn't we play them only once? No, we've played them round one, 2020. We won 8-2. Oh. Yeah, the Reed Money try. Oh, yeah, take that. Okay, we'll make it the second. second the, the, yeah. The uh, add another 10 more points onto that, so 54-6. <laughs> damn it, I was going to go for the 50-point. Uh, God damn it, Bertie. Uh, Man, well, round one last year seems like so long ago. It, it does. Yeah, it it the was COVID break. a decade ago, Easy honestly. Go. Yeah. 40. All right, well, Bertie kind of preempted my 50-point prediction. I know that we've played the we've played the oh, dogs. He's 60? <laughs> Do I hear sixty going once, going twice? No, I know that we've uh, we spoken in the past about how we've um, had some tough lineups against the dogs or, or tough matchups against the dogs in recent years, despite dominating the actual win loss category. But I think a bit of a turning point earlier this year when we sort of cruised past them. Um, that was a really breezy win, even if it wasn't uh, perfect. I think we're going to consolidate on that, and we're going to go past fifty. So I'm going to tip a uh, fifty-two to six win. 51 or 52? No, I'll go 52. Um, if, uh, I was also going to go Russell first try scorer. I don't know about a hat trick, but that would be amazing. But I'll go uh, uh, Russell, FTS, and uh, yeah, I think that's as, as brave as the predictions I'm willing to go. Him? Um, yeah, I'm tipping a big score too, I think. I, th- I think we will crack the 50. Um, we've cracked 30. Do I hear I 60? Eight times yeah. this year. So, I mean, the, the, um, the top teams are scoring at a, an, what, what you would think would be an unsustainable rate, and yet every week... It's 30, 40 plus for the Eels, for the Panthers, for the Storm. Uh, I, we've never seen anything like it. It's insane. 
Yeah. Um, say, uh, sorry. No, sorry. I thought I heard something. Um, all good. Um, yeah, I think we'll crack 50. I think we'll crack it pretty easily. I think we'll actually bomb two try, two or three tries again, which would put us past the 60 points. So I'm going to say 50, 54 to the dogs, eight. Fuck. <laughs> when this ends up being like a single try game, like difference game is going to be, yeah. going to be fun. But <laughs> yeah, I, I do, I do like that we're all going big or going home. So. Or if we went by 100 or 6, then we'll be like a little bit conservative. <laughs> well, you know, for me, I don't get ahead of myself. So I'm tipping 18-10 and Sean oh, Russell first try scorer. Oh, I didn't tip first try scorer. Um, first try scorer, Clinton Gutherson. Guffo again. He's been um been good for that lately, actually. for the, At least yeah. first try scorer for the Eels. Not always first try scorer in the game, but against Manly got FTS for the Eels. As well as last week, obviously. All right, then. Well, I reckon we'll wrap it up there. We've got a... <laughs> A big weekend of football coming up, but we're getting towards... Well, we're over the halfway hump. We're, we're, we're past the halfway. Mm. We didn't even do a halfway review, I guess. So, um, But I guess there's not much more to review. We've beat the teams mostly that we should have beaten, um, and we've had that two-game slump. Do you even want to call it a slump? It was just two games where we got rolled in the middle. Yeah. Other than the Dragons, of course. That that seemed to be a bit more of an outlier. Yeah. Grant Atkins. Um, but yes. But yeah, really good half of the season or first half of the season that's laid the table for the Eels to uh, not just compete for the top four. They're a legitimate chance at the minor premiership at this point. Just one win behind the Storm and the Panthers. There's a lot of water to find that bridge given that we play both teams in the back run with the Panthers um, in a couple of weeks and the Storm after the bye. But play yeah. the Panthers twice. Oh, correct. Yeah, we, we haven't even played the Panthers yet. So we've got double, double up against the Panthers and the Storm. I think the, the Roosters and Manly are, and are in there as well amongst some other decent teams. So... It is a tough run home, but we've taken care of business in the first half in order to give ourselves the best possible chance uh, to maximise um, our ladder position. I just want to say, like, last year we had a bit of an easy run going to the finals, I thought. This year we've probably got the toughest. Yeah. But it's, I think you can both see the positive and negative in it. The positive is that, you know, if we do beat these top teams, it will legitimise our spot in the top four. But at the same time, like, we'll be playing top four footy for, what, one, two, three, four, five five out of the last seven, eight weeks. So that's that's a lot of high-intensity high games leading into finals, and I'm just worried about um, sort of the players' ability to back up each week and back up each week and then leading into the finals as well. So, you know, positives well, and could, negatives there. Certainly, that could be a reason why BA is sort of blooding and rotating, and he may well keep doing that up to leading to the finals, just that, you know, those bench spots, just to, to make sure there's no burnout before we get to the finals. Um, because... You know, you look at that run home and, you know, after the bye, probably the only easy game you've got there is Titans. And Cowboys, they're only two relatively gimmies. Um, it, well, the it Cowboys, is. even up in Townsville this year, have been pretty strong. Mm. So, yeah. I know it's Outside at home, that, isn't it? It is at home. Um, we already played them up there. Um, and, no, and I guess, the didn't we? I thought no. we did. No, we're one and done for Cowboys this year. It's not a doubleheader. I don't think we've played the Cowboys up at Townsville since they've got their new stadium. No, we did. We did. I'm fairly certain we did. Last year? Must have been last year. I feel like we went up there and beat them. Am I, am I misremembering this? It was like round two yeah. or three last year, wasn't it? I don't know. I'm, I'm completely out of it. No, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm in, in, in any event, um, yeah, possibly the Raiders as well. So you think you've got three games there that you should win out of your last. Oh, we were scheduled to go to North Queensland last year before COVID uh, changed everything. It was yeah, by the, uh, they were meant to go at the new stadium and then COVID completely rechanged the schedule. We played Brisbane and then, you know, uh, the rest is history. <clears throat> there you are. So I had memories of the alternate timeline. Yes, correct. Um, okay. 
Uh, but yeah, no, it certainly is a tough run home. So I'm glad we've got what four four wins up on Manly because they just happen to have the easiest run home oh you have God. ever seen. It's yeah. the kiss on the pen. It's the the pen the pen of Panthers draw of 2020. The, the Kissed oh, on the, the old Panthers um, draw is the easiest in the competition. Well, Manly giving them a pretty good run for it because their draw post Origin two or sort of henceforth is literally gummy bear lineup except for us pretty much. They are uh, and they play the Storm. Barring us barring the, storm uh, the only top eight teams they play. I, I am I am kind of expecting them to unravel a little bit at some point. I think that they're playing some great football uh, based on obviously the, the Tom Tobojevic factor. And I know they dusted up the uh, Titans. Was it on the weekend or Cowboys? Uh, without, Cowboys, without Tommy. Cowboys raced out. Um, so everyone's like, "Oh well, if they can win without Tommy, there's certain certainties for the pre- like, you know to be a premiership contender." But I don't know. They're they're playing with a lot of confidence. They're they're sort of peaking early. We, we speak we've spoken a lot about timing your run. I know that the Roosters are so good at it. Same with the Storm. Um, that they're always you know consistent throughout the season, but really hit that fifth gear in the back end of the year. And I think Manly's probably hit the nitro a little bit early. Yes, and um, you know old Tom Turbo uh, with his dodgy hamstrings. Did, did you see him post else? post Origin one with the hamstrings? They had just absolute like glaciers of ice slabbed to his um in glad wrap to the back of his hammies. They weren't taking any risks. Oh, poor Tommy, those hammies. Yeah, the, the, the million dollar hammies. At, uh, at Manly has been deplorable the last couple of years. I think it's um, the uh, the NRL physio, you know, says that you can you can really tell, and especially with those soft uh, tissue ones, it's usually they're not. Um, if you, if you got the correct strength and conditioning, you're usually going to avoid most of those. And I think he pointed out Parramatta and Penrith as probably having two of the best strength and conditioning um, units out there. And you know, you can see both of those teams have been relatively injury free, mm, but for a couple the, of freak ones. That's right. It's the hard injuries, the ones that just like football injuries, where it's an ACL or, or a broken bone for someone like Greystone or Will Smith, who seem to be magnets, that sort of stuff. Um, we've done a really good job managing the soft tissue stuff. Yeah, so no real hammies or tears or pec injuries or anything like that. So, yeah, no, that's really good. Um, but anyway, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, and uh, good luck to the Eels. Go Parramatta against the Bulldogs. Get out there for that Western Sydney clash. I don't think they're going to call this one an inner city or inner Western Sydney clash. For some reason, our clash against West Tigers was billed as that by a couple of uh, <laughs> news outlets. And um, Parramatta, I, I wouldn't put as uh, inner city. Uh, Ham, what did uh, the, was it you that said that they built it as like the shared shared home of the Tigers and the Eels? Uh, in oh the no, yeah, apparently Andrew Voss said um, <laughs> that it's uh, a shared stadium <laughs> banquet. Yeah, I don't listen uh, to Andrew. Oh, uh, anyway, no. I'm going to sign off with the old YTB. Yeah, the boys go the blue and gold. See you guys next week. Catch you on the next Power Podcast. Better. 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 Better.